0: Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Friends, we're approaching the two-year anniversary of the Rural Woman Podcast, and I want to celebrate by hosting a giveaway. You can win a Rural Woman prize pack with podcast gear and some other great goodies. To enter, all you have to do is take a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to right now and share it on your social media. Be sure to tag me at Wildrose Farmer and use the hashtag TheRuralWomanPodcast. That's it. It's that easy. Contest is open from now until March 22nd, 2021. For more details, including what's included in the prize pack, head to today's show notes. Happy listening and good luck to you. Hey everyone, welcome to this special episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. It's special today because today is Canadian Agriculture Day. Canada's Agriculture Day was started in 2016 and was launched as a day of celebration for farmers. February 23rd, 2021 brings special attention to our agriculture industry and the pride we share in growing food. You can check out the hashtag Canadian Egg Day, which is C-D-N-A-G Day across social media to see the celebrations happening all across the country. It's a great day. Every day is a great day to be a producer in Canada, but today especially is a great day to be a Canadian producer. Today, we'll be speaking with fourth generation dairy producer Melissa Schur. Melissa lives on and grew up on Glen Park Holstein Dairy Farm, located in Leduc County, Alberta. Melissa shares with us how they transformed an old red barn into the old red barn, which is an event venue where they host special events and farm to table meals highlighting local food from surrounding areas for their community. Very excited for you guys to meet Melissa and hear all about how her family has transformed this beautiful old red barn into the beautiful old red barn in Leduc County. Before we get to today's episode, I want to highlight some of the great goodies that are going to be included in the Rural Woman podcast second anniversary giveaway. Now, if you guys follow along the traditional guidelines of anniversary gift giving, which... Fun fact, Mr. Wild Rose Farmer and I do just that every year, and it is so fun to see what we all come up with. I'm trying to remember what I got as a gift from him for our second anniversary. Might have been a tea towel. Probably not. It was probably better than that. <laughs> I should remember, but I got a custom cotton stem. Painted in a watercolors for him, which I'm sure that's exactly what he's always wanted or I wanted to put on our gallery wall. Either way, either way, if that's what he got. I'll have to rack my brain and remember what I got for our second anniversary. It was long ago. <laughs> but anyways, so my contribution for the second anniversary giveaway is cotton. Uh, so you'll be getting a Rural Woman podcast t-shirt as well as some other little goodies from yours truly. I also have new merch coming out for Shop Wild Rose Farmer and I'm really gunning to have it ready to go by the giveaway date, which is March 22nd, 2021. You can check out all of the amazing items in the giveaway over at WildRoseFarmer.com or just head to today's show notes and be sure to take a screenshot of what you're listening to right now and share it on the socials using the hashtag the Rural Woman Podcast and tag me at WildRoseFarmer. Farmer. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this special episode with Melissa Scher. Hello, Melissa. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: Great. Happy Canadian Egg Day to you.
1: Thank you. And same to you.
0: It is a wonderful day to be a Canadian producer. It's always a great day to be a Canadian producer. But today we get to celebrate that with the rest of our Canadian producers. (laughs)
1: I agree, yes.
0: So, for the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, Melissa, give us your background of who you are, where you're from, and how you got your start in agriculture.
1: All right. Well, first, I wanted to say thank you so much for bringing me on this podcast because there's so many women on here that you have hosted that I look up to, like Dr. Hack, Michelle Miller, Stone Post Farms, Fifth Gen, Prairie Farm Project, so first I just wanted to say a little shout out, so thank you so much for having me as part of this podcast, but my name is Melissa Schur and I'm from Laduke County, Alberta, and uh, we have a dairy farm. We milk 120 Holstein cows with two DeLaval robots, and my family has been farming, actually dairy farming, for four generations, so this dates back all the way to when my great-grandfather was in Holland and he started the first farm in the 30s there and that farm is actually still in our family line today and so my grandfather and my father were farming in Holland and when my father turned 30 he decided that he wanted to come to Canada to see if he could have some new experiences and see what farming would be like here so in the 80s he moved to BC And he took an internship there on a farm and that's kind of how he started dipping his toes into what agriculture would be like over here. He says he came to Canada with $5 in his pocket, so he started off small, but he's built up a an amazing, beautiful farm that we have today. And so after he was farming on a fellow farmer's farm in BC, he moved to Lacombe and that's where he started farming for another farmer there. And he met my mom there. And this farmer actually also from the Netherlands and they really got along very well. And this farmer offered to buy some cows and quota with my dad. So that actually gave him a huge start because otherwise... You know, that would be a lot of money to try and save up just working. So after he was able to get some cows and quota from this farmer in Lacombe, then he was able to rent his own first farm in Beaumont. And after renting for several years, he was able to buy our farm that we currently own today, which is in Ladue County. So, yeah, it's a story of starting small and humble beginnings, but we're very proud of what he's built up for us.
0: That is quite the history of dairy farming in your family to start all the way back in the early 1900s with your great grandfather and to be carried through countries and provinces to where you guys are today. That is very cool. Yeah. So tell us more about your upbringing on the farm and what that was like for you.
1: So, yeah, I was, I always have loved cows. I still really, really love cows. There's just something about them. They're like gentle giants And I just really connect with them. So my kind of role growing up was to be feeding the baby calves and looking after the cows and helping my dad in any way that we could. We used to have a parlor, so we'd be taking turns milking cows. But now that we have the robots, the tasks are different, but we still have to take a lot of time to look after the animals. And it's kind of a lot more computer work. But my role now is I'm the animal health manager. So I look after any of the health concerns, so any animals that are sick or need care, any vaccinations, medications, treatments, anything like that. I work closely with our veterinarian to develop different protocols for making sure that the health and well-being of the animals is top
0: priority. That's great. So growing up on this farm and loving the cows, was there any other opportunities that you wanted to take outside of the farm? What did you want to be when you grew up? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that I honestly I always wanted to be a veterinarian but it's it's really hard to get into vet school so I sort of settled for the next best thing which was nursing so I have a passion for taking care of people and animals so after I graduated high school I went into nursing so I have a diploma in licensed practical nursing and I've been with Laduke Hospital and day surgery for eight years and I feel like my nursing skills translate really well into my care of the animals on the farm. So, yeah, it, it works really well for me.
0: That's great. It works hand in hand, right? You're caring for people or you're caring for cows, whichever one. You're a, you're a caring person, so it works for either or. Yeah. So growing up in the dairy industry and growing up, up with social media I believe that we're about the same age and kind of coming into this and the age of sharing information and all of the things you actually have been chosen to be an ambassador for the Alberta milk program ambassadorship what have you tell us more about what the initiative from Alberta milk is for ambassadorship and sharing the story of dairy production here in Alberta
1: Yeah, so it's a new program that they just started in 2020. uh, You were supposed to write in and tell Alberta Milk why you wanted to be an ambassador, and they were just looking for passionate farmers that wanted to speak up about different issues or different topics in the industry and just to connect with consumers to show them what dairy farming is all about and from the voice of the farmer themselves because, you know, Anybody can say anything, and even Alberta milk is like, we can do a good job of conveying the message, but U.S. farmers can do, like, the best job, and that's who the consumers really want to talk to is the farmers themselves.
0: For sure, and I like what you said about anybody can say anything, and especially, you know, marketing boards or marketing firms can come up with the best slogans, and... You know, I think of the Got Milk campaign with the milk mustache, like that's wonderful. But when there's consumers that have real concerns about the quality of their milk or the safety of animals or any of those things, a slogan from a marketing company always doesn't answer those questions for them. So from the perspective of a dairy farmer and an ambassador for Alberta milk, tell us what The perceptions that you hear from the public are about producing dairy? What are perceptions that are true and some that are maybe uh, not entirely true?
1: Yeah, there's just quite a few. What I would, I can just pick a couple. So some people are concerned that there could be like antibiotics or hormones or steroids in your milk, but I can completely say with 100% confidence there is no <laughs> antibiotics or artificial hormones or anything steroids in your milk because all of our milk is tested before it even leaves the farm. They take a sample and they run it through the plant. So if there was any sort of contaminants in the milk whatsoever, the farmer is fine. Like heavy fines, and then you actually get demerits off of your license too. And if it happens again, you could lose your producer license. So there's a huge, huge like risk at stake for if you don't follow the correct protocols for if you are giving any animals medication. So that would definitely be one. And like we hear about people that are concerned, like with animals that are. Being housed like incorrectly or maybe being housed indoors all the time. But for our standpoint, like dairy cows are, we call them athletes, performance animals, and they're not like beef cows. They're not like that hardy where they have a thick coat of fat and fur on them to protect them from being outside all the time. If they're actually in milking production, we keep them indoors because they need to be kept warm. Otherwise their teats would freeze. They do get time off too. There's a misconception about how if cows are being milked 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, they're, they're not working all the time. They maybe spend about like 20 minutes of the day being milked. And then the rest of their time, they're either lying down or eating or socializing with the other cows. And then they also get two to three months, we like to say a little holiday, a break when they're pregnant about seven months, we let them go outside and they can have their holiday or vacation off. And then when it's time to have their next calf, after they calve, they come back inside and join the herd again. So they do get quite a bit of time off. So that's something that is, is good to let the public know as well.
0: I like how you have referred to these beautiful bovines as athletes of the yeah. <laughs> bovine uh, species because I just think like that is so true like they are strong and they are resilient and they are going to work super hard but as an athlete they also need to take the time to rest and recoup and all of the things like in my mind I'm just like coming up with Alberta Milk's new like campaign of like cows with sweatbands and jerseys on and like the <laughs> rocky theme playing so if uh you know anybody in Alberta Milk in the marketing that wants to collaborate with me on that you just let me know <laughs>
1: I I feel a winning idea coming forward here. (laughs) Uh,
0: Great. I I only take part of the credit. The rest comes to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So with your passion and being an ambassador for Alberta Milk, you obviously have a passion for your industry. Tell us how this passion came about in different ways for you and your farm and how you came up with the idea of hosting farm-to-table dinners.
1: Yeah. So I started thinking about this when I had some friends on social media posting some negative things about dairy and the dairy industry, and I just started, like, replying to them and sharing my experiences, like, as a dairy farmer, and then that sort of morphed into me posting about once a week just about experiences on the farm, whether it be from calving or how we raise our cows or, you know, what we feed them, and people were finding that super interesting, so I... Started posting about that more, and my husband, he is super passionate about food and restaurants and cooking. And me, you've mentioned like I'm really passionate about supporting my industry as a dairy farmer. Also, agriculture in general is like super fascinating to me, and I do love love farming. So we were thinking about how can we combine these two loves together, and we were just sitting down at the table talking about this, and my father mentioned like we have this old barn on our property that's just been sitting there since we bought the place for twenty years with empty, not doing anything. It's about it's a nineteen fifty year old barn. So the previous owner had beef cows in it. So we're thinking about, hey, like what can we do that we could connect our two loves and passions together? So we came up with this idea about hosting farm to table dinners. And so we then were thinking about, well, how can we how can we do this? So we got connected with Kitchen by Brad, Brad Somolia through a mutual friend. And he was already doing these farm-to-table style dinners at Elk Island Park. And he was looking for a new location as he couldn't be doing them anymore. So when we mentioned we were thinking about hosting them on our farm, and he said, well, do you have like a barn or anything? We said, well, yes, we do, but... It's going to take quite a bit of work to clean it out because there used to be like beef cows in there and like it's it's not fit for anything right now. But we took a chance and we we're like, you know what, let's just go for it and let's try it. So we, in 2017, all the hay came out of the loft, all the stalls came out from the cows and we cleaned it all up with the help of our family and my father and our church community came out. And so it was all cleaned And then we hosted our first farm to table dinner in 2017 with Brad, Kitchen by Brad. And it was, it was a great success. It was, it was really, really cool to see it all come to be and sit down at that table together with the family and celebrate all the hard work that it was to clean out, clean out the barn. So. Yeah, that's kind of how we got our start. <laughs>
0: yeah, I assume that dinner tasted extra good after all of that work of cleaning out the yeah. barn.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely did.
0: <laughs> you can help support the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman podcast on Patreon. What is Patreon. It's a membership-based platform that helps fund and support creators like me to create and produce content like this that you all love. New to The Rural Woman Podcast Patreon is ad-free listening and patron-only bonus content and exclusive episodes. Learn more and join the patron gang today at patreon.com slash the rural woman podcast. So, Melissa, for the listeners who may be unfamiliar with the term and the agro-tourism and all of the things for the farm-to-table experience and farm-to-table dinners, can you tell us what exactly is that and how you guys host your farm-to-table dinners?
1: Yes. So, our farm-to-table dinner experience, what you can expect is about 40 to 60 guests that come from Edmonton and surrounding area and you're greeted at the front with a welcoming cocktail and you can uh, just go and choose your seat along the long table and after you have chosen your seat you can go and you can feed our horses and our longhorns we give you some feed and they can come up to you and you can pet them and interact with them and then when the Dinner portion starts, and we have the chef that comes and introduces each course and talks about the ingredients that were being used and where they came from, from which farms. And so it's a four-course dining experience. So we kind of progress through the courses, and then during the dessert portion is when I have the head of the evening speak a little bit about their farm and their passion and basically what products that they produce on their farm. And if I didn't have a producer that evening that I was highlighting, I will talk about dairy and the dairy industry. And I have a little dairy quiz for people, which is fun uh, for people to fill out. And they can have prizes at the end. (laughs) And then after the dessert, guests are allowed to and go on lots of different walks in their nature paths that we have. And if the guests did sign up for a farm tour, we would also take them to the barn and I would show them the cows and how we do the milking and things like that. So that's sort of what you would expect when you would do a farm-to-table dinner at the Old Red Barn. That's
0: wonderful and so much fun. So typically, how long would you say people are out on the farm for?
1: You would be out here for three to four hours, usually starting and ending at 9, 9.30ish. And then we run them throughout the summer months, so from June through September, and weekdays usually What is what's well for the chefs. So we do like one every week in the summer, so about 8 to 12 events during the summer months. That's great.
0: During the summer months when it's nice and light out still at 8.30, nine o'clock at night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> something that we definitely miss here in Alberta and elsewhere during the winter. Are you guys hosting any other events at the barn besides the farm to table dinners or are you hosting other events too?
1: Yeah, we host farm style weddings. So like farm to table style catering at your wedding and we host if you wanted like to have your anniversary or any other kind of special like milestone event, we host those types of things too. So yeah, it's a multifunctional barn.
0: I just think of the outbuildings that we have here on our farm of a multi generational farm and the amount of work that it takes to clean and organize and get rid of things or know what to keep and all of that stuff is just so much work and such a big undertaking. So, congrats to you guys for being able to transform this barn into something that was usable and able to eat a meal in. Like, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely would not have happened without the support of, first of all, our family. Like, my father is a huge help in that. He's a visionary, so he right away heard the idea and he's like, "Let's do it." So with his support, that was really amazing. And then our friends in our church community, also the Ladue County and Chamber of Commerce, have been huge supporters. So to have that support of your community is another like great motivator because you know when they're on your side and they're encouraging you, that just helps huge. So and then through Brad, we also got connected to Edmonton Tourism. Which has been another huge help to us in the community, as they were helping us develop um, our like kind of like how to attract guests to our place and actually call it like a tourism destination. So we've we've been working with them since 2017, and they've they've been a really great huge help as well. And then after that, we wanted to host to Open Farm Days. Uh, you probably are familiar with that as well. And that happens every August, usually the second or third week in August. And we were looking for another restaurant to partner with and I reached out to Chartier Restaurant in Beaumont, Darren and Sylvia, and we immediately connected with them. They're such amazing, great people. So now we have two chefs that we work with primarily, Chartier and Kitchen by Brad, and we uh, are very grateful and thankful for them to help us host these events
0: what a great community backing that you guys have for what you're doing. And like you said, that, that just helps with the motivation factor because when you're starting something new like this on your farm or your ranch or your homestead, like you just, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know if people are going to be receptive to this or if they're going to come out to your farm and all of that kind of stuff. But when you have so much support and so many professionals in each of these industries, you know, guiding you and cheering you on it always makes it that much better and maybe a little bit easier to do the jobs and do the work that isn't so fun all of the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So, you guys are producing these farm to table dinners with other producers in your area. Tell us how other producers in your area have been to collaborating with this initiative. Have they been receptive? Has there been any hesitations? Tell me what it's like reaching out to these people?
1: It's been, it's been really good. So the chefs that we work with, we chose them for a reason because they already use local farmers in their restaurants. So they have the products in their restaurant. And then, so I've been reaching out each dinner that we have. I wanted to highlight a different producer just so that when people come, they don't listen to me talk about cows every time, which is great, but maybe they want to hear about something else. So I've connected with. I brought a bison producer down one time. A honey like a meadery, beef. We've done elk, So and we've had honey. They've actually brought like a live hive and talked to people about honey and beekeeping. So yeah, the community's been super receptive. I just reached like I just reached out to different farmers over email and I say, hey, like I I would really like to feature you in. At one of our dinners, how would you like that? And they are always with a resounding yes. So it's it's been great.
0: Well, I think any exposure for a a farm is a good exposure, right? Like when it comes to producing their food and eating their food and selling products for them, it's always a it's always a good a good thing to have that extra marketing for
1: them. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly think like you have to be passionate if you want to be a farmer. You don't just go into farming just because. Like, it's a hard, like, 365-day job caring for animals. So, that farmers are super, super passionate. So, they want to come and they want to tell consumers, like, why they're farming and why they're passionate about their product and, yeah, exactly have, like a little window to just kind of celebrate their products and enjoy them at a meal together
0: with others absolutely and for you guys to be able to host the soapbox that these producers get to stand up on that is i would think is rewarding for you guys to be able to do that and provide that for other producers oh yeah a hundred percent let's talk about the other side of this now what has the response been from your guests who have been able to come out
1: and enjoy your farm? It's been incredible. It's it's funny because as a farmer and growing up on the farm you you almost take for granted what you have. Like you know what you have is beautiful, but then when you have people from the city come that have never been to a farm and have never seen a cow and have never seen like so much green open space, it's it's incredible like how how you feel after yeah, sharing that with somebody. So the guests are just blown away by the fact that they can like, yeah, they can see the cows up close and they can like look over the deck on the canola fields that are growing and they're just like in awe of this magical place that is the farm. Totally.
0: And I think as farmers and as people who live in a rural lifestyle, I think we take it for granted a lot of the beauty that does surround us, right? Like, and you know, we see the things like cows and have to muck stalls and all of that kind of stuff, which is not always the greatest. But, you know, just the absolute beauty and openness of our lifestyle to people who don't get to experience this on an everyday basis. I think, you know, we we need to realize and acknowledge that there's a lot of things that we take for granted.
1: (laughs) It's true. And to be able to see the guests like, like really, like, come and and learn something is important to me it's not just like having a dinner and having a good time like that's great but i wanted to take it the next step further and actually teach people about agriculture so when they leave they can take something home with them and be like i never knew that about dairy farming or oh i had no idea that's how people produce lamb or you know that's what's really important to me is i i learn myself every time a new producer comes but for the guests to like have that light bulb moment that they're like oh I didn't know that. That's so cool. You know, that a cow can produce like 65 liters of milk a day. No way. So right. it's pretty neat. I really enjoy that.
0: Well, and I think that's an important aspect of it too, is because they're learning these things and they're taking that knowledge with them. So perhaps when they're talking to their friends and family, they can share what they learned. Or if they hear a misconception or they hear something that's wrong or see something online, they know that this isn't right. So this isn't influencing their decision to buy a product or support a producer or not. They're actually hearing from producers themselves the real story of what happens versus the marketing or the propaganda or whatever it is that they see online. They actually have the knowledge from the mouth of a producer.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: You have heard me tell you all about the amazing benefits that come with being a patron of the Rural Woman podcast through Patreon, but I wanted to share with you a few testimonials from the patron gang themselves. Patron Marina writes, I decided to become a patron of the Rural Woman podcast because I felt a deep connection to all of these women. Being new to the agricultural world, I didn't have a lot of knowledge about other aspects of the egg world. This podcast opens my eyes to how women near and far grow and succeed in their roles. It makes me feel like I'm part of a bigger picture, and I feel as if I have the support of all of these women as I support this podcast, and in return, sharing their beautiful stories. Join Marina in supporting the stories of women in agriculture through the Rural Women podcast, starting at $2 a month on Patreon. Visit wildrosefarmer.com slash Patreon to learn more. So you started these dinners back in 2017. I want you now to share some of maybe the struggles that you experienced or the learning things that you had to go through and experience of doing these dinners. And I also want you to share with us some of the wins that you've had that you want to celebrate.
1: <laughs> For sure. So some of like the struggles definitely have been you need to go through a lot of like hoops and jumps to be able to have it be safe in terms of like we had to get a whole bunch of different permits from Ladoke County we had to do a whole structural supporting to the barn like it was good but they wanted to do more to bring the building up to new building code to bring a 1950s barn up to new building code that was a struggle to maintain the integrity of the old barn. We didn't want to change the look of it but we needed to make it safe and like pass you know the building code for the county so that that was a struggle and obviously this season, 2020 season has been a struggle for us because we did not have any events this year and so financially that hasn't been great but it is what it is. So this next year in 2021 is is looking looking like it's going to be good. But yeah, there's definitely been struggles in fact that everything takes time. And you know, you you kind of hope that you could just start and see your business take off and grow on one, but every year it seems to be growing little by little, step by step and and that's okay well that's all you can hope for
0: right and yeah you know seeing that your hard work comes to fruition and then obviously 2020 hits and it is the dumpster fire of any in-person events anywhere <laughs> so <laughs> mm-hmm. hoping that 2021 and future is is better for you and I'm glad that's looking up for you now share with us the things that you want to celebrate and the things that you've accomplished that you're proud of
1: we have been the recipient of quite a few awards. So on in 2018, we won the Young Business Leader of the Year Award, which was pretty amazing because that was for all of Leduc uh, County, Wetaski County, Beaumont County. So out of about 300 or so businesses, we were selected. And so that was a huge honour. And then we won a Growing Rural Tourism Award in Camrose in 2019. So we were awarded some funding there for our culinary tourism project at the old red barn and then just recently in the fall of 2019 we were awarded the canadian experiences fund award so that again provided us some amazing funding through the federal government to be able to expand our culinary tourism here on the farm and so we have some great great new ideas and plans that we're implementing with that so we had to write in and we had to do interviews and presentations and things and send in lots of letters to be able to receive this funding. So it was, it was hard work to get, but it was so great to be able to be the recipient of it. And we were just amazed. Like when we actually found out that we won the Canadian Experiences Fund award, me and my husband were washing dishes in, in Ladoop because we don't have a commercial dishwasher on the farm yet. So (laughs) we were just like, wow, like, this is amazing and we're just doing this humble task but we just won this incredible like amount of money so we were just so thankful we were like number one we're putting in a dishwasher with this money <laughs> <laughs>
0: but- <laughs> No doubt. Well, congratulations for all of those accolades. You guys are obviously doing something right to be acknowledged so many times in such a short amount of time. So tell us more about what the future plans are. You've received this funding. What are your big dreams and goals and ideas for for your expansion?
1: So we put up, uh, we call it the Harvest Barn. It's uh, another barn next to the old red barn to have our kitchen in and our washroom facility in. And it will also be home to my on-farm store. So I wanted to have a place where people could come after a farm to table dinner to be able to purchase some local products from some of the farmers that were either featured at the dinner or some of the farmers that I've partnered with so that they could take home produce with them. So I'm really excited about that. I've partnered with a couple of farmers this year. I just wanted to keep it more or less small this year and then keep growing and adding more producers as I kind of get the hang of it. But yeah. And then so with the kitchen portion, we're going to be offering cooking classes. So that's another thing my husband's super excited about because he loves cooking and food. And so to be able to offer those kinds of classes will be, will be really great. Another goal of mine that I have for this year is I want to get some of my own beef cows. And raise them for our own beef so that when people come to our dinners, I can say, you know, the beef on your plate is actually grown here. So that's something that I would like to start. And then my father bought me a chicken coop for my last uh, birthday, my 30th birthday. So I'm gonna have a couple of chickens and have some eggs in there too. So maybe I'll be able to sell some eggs. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to those things.
0: Can I just say how much I am a fan of your dad? (laughs) He he sounds very similar to my own father, who, you know, goes for the more practical gift giving rather than the luxury gift giving. But really, like as a farmer and uh, a young farmer, getting a chicken coop is really a luxurious gift.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. I was so excited. I was like, this is the best gift ever. Right. Because it's even in the shape of like a barn, an old red barn and everything. Oh, that is so sweet.
0: It it goes with the rest (laughs) of the decor. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I also uh, recently, I guess six months ago, turned 30. And for my gift from my father, he bought me a really nice pair of uh, rubber boots, muck boots, uh, because he really hated yes. seeing me walking around with my uh, boots that were falling apart, that were being held together with orange duct
1: tape. So, <laughs> yes, good boots. It's essential. Right.
0: He went above and beyond for me for, for that milestone birthday. So, I'm <laughs> always appreciative of, of the Papa Croucher. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like. There are going to be some great things added to your farm, and I'm so excited to continue to follow along your journey. And I just I'm I'm planning out my road trip of the central Alberta because there's so many great initiatives happening up there in your area. And I I'm going to come visit your farm and I want to see all of it. So that is something for me to look forward to. <laughs>
1: I would absolutely love that. I named the date and I would love to host you.
0: Perfect. We'll do it.
1: Sounds great.
0: (laughs) Melissa, my last question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a farmer for you?
1: The most rewarding part about being a farmer, I honestly just, I love being, being with the cows and seeing that they're happy and that they're healthy and they're in a nice fresh bed of straw chewing their cud and just like that just gives me so much joy is, is seeing them happy and comfortable and warm. I just, I really like it when your animals are, are, are taken care of and you know that you're doing a good job and it just feels, it feels good.
0: That's awesome. For the listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? You can
1: find us on Facebook at The Old Red Barn, LaDuke. Also Instagram at Old Red Barn, LaDuke. And on our website at www.theoldredbarn.ca. You can also sign up at to our supper club. So if you sign up to our supper club, we will send you out updates, newsletters, I usually send about three to four a year. So it's, it's not that many, but just let you know the recent or the upcoming dinners and any other new information that's going on with us. So
0: that's perfect. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you.
1: Sounds great.
0: Thank you again so much for hopping on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I know that my listeners have loved hearing your story.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And um, I just wanted to say before we go is that in our logo, the Old Red Barn, we have three things. We have faith, family, and food. Faith is is God is our strength. I really believe that he set this dream into motion for us and and put it on our hearts. And I'm so glad that um, he was able to kind of guide us and walk through it with us. Family, because farming, it's all about family and working together. And we couldn't have done it without the support of Of them and food because we love local food and we love farming and yeah just supporting the local food community is another huge thing for us so I just wanted to make sure that I let you know about what what our local means and yeah that it's that it's important to me that's perfect thank you again so much
0: I hope you have all enjoyed today's special episode with Melissa Schur on this Canadian Egg Day. Melissa and I did record a extended episode for the patrons at the $10 tier or higher. So be sure if you want to hear that, you head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. We chatted about what worked for Melissa in regards to marketing the farm to table dinners and how they are connecting with their community. Also what they're doing to improve their web presence, to attract more customers to their venue. So if you would like to hear this extended episode, as well as all of the other extended episodes, plus patron exclusive interviews, head on over to today's show notes or wildrosefarmer.com and learn more about all of the benefits, including ad-free listening that come with being a patron of the Rural Woman Podcast. Thank you all again for tuning into this episode of The Real Woman Podcast, and we will see you back here real soon. Thanks for listening to The Real Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reedner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at wildrosefarmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.